0: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm not sure about May 8th. We're not doing Embrace the Adventure on May 8th. I don't know about the date. Hey, this is what this is, though, it is an exciting ladies' Bible study that will be starting in a couple weeks. We'll be giving you more information next week. Leanne Snyder will be doing this. It will be awesome. It will be exciting. So you can see her. We just kind of want to give you a promo to get you ready. Um, thank you guys for being here. I appreciate you coming out just for my birthday. We're having a little... Po- no, we're not... <laughs> I'm kidding. I told my wife. I said, I "Hope nobody knows this," but but she said, "There's this social media thing that has given you up." So, um, hey, it's it's neat. I had another birthday. I hope I have many more. I hope you do as well. But thank you guys for being here. We have a little. We're gonna have fun. I'm gonna have fun. This is a different message today. Uh, I always come up here to have fun. I, I sit there, and I know Matt and I talk about this. This is game day for us. I mean, I I can appreciate what ball players go through. I mean, I I sit there when when I'm preaching and. He's sitting there, it's driving him nuts because he thinks, I want to be up there. And when he's up here, I'm thinking I'm learning, but man, I wish. But we, we, there's plenty of time and there's plenty to go around so we get to do this. But this is a little different today. We're going to be taking communion in just a few minutes and that's exciting. Uh, so a lot of things going on. So let me kind of, let me kind of kick it off this way. Uh, first of all, if you're a guest, man, we're excited you're here. And we just do what we do, man. We reach out. Matt, Matt had a hope party Friday night. Uh, we don't know, we, we didn't get a great, cap- over 50 kids here, a lot of volunteers. Uh, th- this place was crazy. When you can get 50 kids to come together, middle school, high school kids to come together on a Friday night a- in the name of Jesus, that's a win. That's a win. Now, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Now, that's a win, but it's not a big enough win. See, we're, we're Matt and I are pretty selfish guys. We won't see the building full of teenage kids. I mean, that's the bigger win. We want to see. We want to see. Yeah, we want to see it full and more because that's how we change generations. When we can start reaching these these kids and even younger, and our our, work, our teachers are back there right now working with your small kids. And that I'm getting way off my message, but that's okay. I get excited about it, man. We can start changing a generation. And listen, I turn on the news and then I turn it off because we need to change a generation. We, we, we need to change a generation, man. My, my, and I guess this is on me. I, yeah, it's my birthday. I don't mind. I'm 57 years old. And evidently, we have done a bad job if you're my age. Because I've never seen. Well, I guess I have. But it's, it's, it's kind of bad right now. Uh, but Jesus, God's still in charge. That's the, that's the hope. Now, I'm going to get on my message. I'm going to get on my message. So here, here's what. If you were with us a couple weeks ago, we had baptism. Exciting. Lots of energy, still here. As My buddy's still over here smiling. He was smiling under the water. He's smiling out of the water, and he's he's a changed man. And he and I and I'm Mike and I have talked about this. It, amazing, and so many of you that we baptized, I've seen that. It's just been amazing what happened. And we started talking about last week. I want to talk about this because this is what's so exciting. We did that baptism, baptized 34 people. That that's amazing. But guess what? The next moment after that was over, we get to start over because we get to do it again. And that's so powerful to me that we get to start over, we get to start reloading. And right now there may be somebody going, God, I wish I'd have gotten baptized. I wish I'd have gotten. well it's coming again. It's coming again. We're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again. So that's kind of want to stay on that theme, and I want to I talk about it a little bit more today. And it goes back to this do-it-again theme, goes back to our vision, our mission, which was really Christ's vision and Christ's mission. And it came from Matthew 28. And if you've been around here, you've heard us talk about it, verse 19 and 20. And it basically says to summarize is go make, baptize, teach. Go out, teach, go out, make, people convert to Christ, baptize them, and then continue to teach. Go, make, baptize, teach. So we get to do that again, time and time and time again. And just when we think we're done, we get to do it again. And that's pretty exciting. Well, it's not pretty exciting. That's really, really exciting. So when we talk about that, there's a lots of things. We'll do a hope party again, I suspect. I know Matt Leonard Uh, He's going to do another hope party or some variation of it. All right, we're going to teach our kids again. We're going to do Sunday services again, unless Christ comes back. We're going to do all these things again. But in the church, there's certain things that we do again on a regular basis. We do it. They're called one of the phrases you'll hear is ordinances within the church uh, that you do again. So today we're going to talk about another one of these, and we're going to observe another one of these ordinances. In, in, in our world, the two ordinances, number one, you saw it a couple of weeks ago, is baptism. That's one of the ordinances that we observe. Most Protestant churches typically would say they observe two ordinances, one being baptism. Now let me, let me go ahead and tell you, because somebody's going, what's an ordinance? Let me tell you a little bit about an ordinance and what it really is. This is the quick explanation. An ordinance needs to meet three criteria. And again, this is kind of according to the, I don't know who made these rules, but this is the Protestant church, That's kind of what we were taught. It needs to meet three criteria to become an ordinance. And number one was it was instituted by Christ. You've got to believe it was instituted by Christ, it's probably something pretty good that we should continue to do again. So it's got to be instituted by Christ. It should be taught by the apostles. Pretty good company, Christ and His apostles. So Christ instituted the apostles, taught it. And then the third thing is it should have been practiced by the early church. Not, not journey church, but the early church. And that, that goes all the way back to Acts and when we say the church started. So if you want to know what an ordinance is in my world, number one, it was instituted by Christ, it was taught by the apostles, and it was practiced by the early church. And baptism fits that criteria. Baptism fits that criteria. The other thing that fits that criteria, as we understand it, is communion. So communion is the second ordinance. Now, there will be people come up and say, well, I think foot washing is an ordinance, and I think this is an ordinance. You, that's fine if you want. To, that's okay. I'm not going to argue with you on that. We recognize two, basically, C- communion and baptism. And for that reason, guess what? We're going to do them again and again. And I got no rhythm, but you get the point. We're just going to keep doing them. We're just going to keep doing them because it's it's what the Bible has taught. So today we we we've done the baptism thing. We've done the baptism. Today we're going to do communion, and that's exciting. Let me let me tell you a little bit about communion. And here's I I just want to talk about communion today. We do it. And the church is, is great for, for serving communion, but very rarely, and I've been to church all my life, do we just stop and talk a little bit about communion. So today I'm going to be Professor Mark, which is really scary because I, I am not a teacher. That's not my thing to teach history and things like that. But I want to talk about communion and kind of what it means and what it doesn't mean to us at Journey Church. Now, some of you may come from a different background. You say, well, that's not what, the way I understand it or uh, we did it differently. We're, we're not here to argue. I'm just telling you the way we understand it and how we practice communion. So if we, can agree to, if we can agree with that, I'm going to keep going, and if we can't agree with it, I'm going to still keep going, okay? Because I, as I've worked on this. I'm going to share it with you. You don't have to like it, but I'm going to share it with you. But anyway, baptism, uh, baptism, communion, I'm still pumped about baptism. Let's go get some water and do it again. But I'm pumped about communion too. So communion, if you, if you go to the Bible, there's a lot of references to it, but there's, in the Gospels, in the Synoptic Gospels, it's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's also mentioned in 1 Corinthians. When you get outside, Paul talks about it first. John tells; uh, it doesn't go into the details of, of communion, but there's there's a, a segment in there that kind of speaks to it a little bit. But basically, it's it's repeated in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then in, in First Corinthians, we read about communion as well. So it's it's biblical; it's right down the center, and it meets these criteria of ordinances. It, it it was listen; it was instituted by Christ, it was taught by the apostles, and it was practiced in the early church. And I'll give you some scripture that kind of supports that. Uh, is, is why I believe that. Well, first, let's just do that. Let me read kind of what communion is in the Bible. And you, you never know why, but I chose Mark I, because it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I chose Mark. I think it's the best, but that's, that's, an, that's No, I'm kidding. But anyway, in Mark 14, this is, this is what we read starting in verse 17. And, and most of you know this story. It says, When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating. Isn't that pretty cool? My mom and dad made me sit up at the table. It says they're reclining. I I love that. My dad's in heaven, and he's going, well, I was wrong on that one, son, but it's okay. You could recline at the table. But anyway, uh, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied. One who dips bread into the bowl with me, the Son of Man, will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is, my blood of the, uh, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. So there we have this. Listen, that's instituted by Christ. It's, being, it's, being, it's going to be taught by the apostles, but it's being practiced by the early church, so to speak, right now. So that's why we say this is an ordinance, and we will continue to model it. So we're going to, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper today, just, just right down the center. This is real simple. Real, we've made a mess out of this over the years in the church, but we're just going to. Practice this. We're going to go through it. You'll, you'll hopefully share with us. Uh, so to get there, let me share a few things that I know, a few things that I think I know, a few things I probably got messed up, some things the Bible teaches about communion. I just want to share a few things with you today about baptism. First thing I want to share, and this was always interesting to me in seminary, is baptism is not cannibalism. It is not cannibalism. It is not. And people say, well, why do you say that? Because in the early days, the, Christian, the, the people practicing it were accused of cannibalism, and it goes back to simply when he says, this is my body, take Eat, drink. This is my blood. People thought they're practicing cannibalism. Communion is not cannibalism, and and, and that you could make you could see where somebody would get that from. So it is not cannibalism. It's 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 an amazing ceremony that we're going to. It's an ordinance that we observe and we take very seriously. Uh, let me tell you some other interesting things that I have, I find interesting about communion. Takes on different names, and and part of this depends on the, the way you were brought up in a church. You were brought in, up in. Uh, we we know it as as communion. Uh, we believe it's communion because at this point, when we stop and observe this service, uh, we're having communion with, with God and with other believers. And that's key, other believers. Communion is, is for believers, and that's, that's right down the center. It's for people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So the name communion fits appropriately. We're communing with God, and we're communing with like believers. That, that's just common sense, and I like that. I, I, that's, a, that's an amazing name, the Lord's Supper. I, I like the Lord's Supper. Anytime we talk about supper, we, we we think I think about fellowship, but in this case, Lord's Supper, and it is about fellowship, but it's commemorating the Passover when Jesus ate with his disciples. But when I think about the Lord's Supper, I, I get excited because you guys know around Journey Church, we like to eat together. And that's, I think that's when we draw the closest, when we can sit down and kind of break bread and we can fellowship together. And I think that's one of the beauties I've seen of communion is, is like believers come together. And, and we when, when we... We take these elements, and we, we share together. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we got communion. we got Lord's Service. Then, then there's an, another name, and this one's interesting to me, the Eucharist, uh, at the high church. When I was in seminary, they talked about high church, and then they talked about us old southern boys and our, our, our more common church. But Eucharist is, 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 uh, is just this. Eucharist, is, if you look it up, means to give thanks. And what better way to give thanks for the work that God's done in us through Jesus Christ? So we're giving thanks when we take communion. Uh, so I love the names. I mean, there's more different, again, depending on where you came from, the churches you grew up in, the areas you grew up in. You may have some different names, but those are three of the more common ones, communion, the Lord's Supper, and, and the Eucharist. And, and I, one's no more right or wrong than the other. I think they're all great. They all speak to it in a little bit of a different element and a little different way. Another question that I hear, this one was interesting to me. I grew up in a Baptist church. Is communion to be an open or closed ceremony? And some of you are going, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, an open ceremony is this, and this is what we believe, and this is what we practice. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I'll give you some instructions if you want to take communion with us today. We believe communion is open, and it's available to anyone who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't care where you go to church. We don't care if you go to church. I do, that, that's kind of, but I, I do. But, but what I really care about is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ i tell you what's kind of exciting. We've got people, this may be their first communion after being baptized. Now, that doesn't mean it's their first communion because they've accepted Christ. And that's what we believe. You take communion once you've accepted Christ, you have a personal relationship. That's an open communion. So it's, if you're here today and you're visiting, you're from a different church, but you, you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when we serve communion, we would, we would be honored if you would take communion with us today. You, you are our guest. We are thrilled. If it wouldn't put you on the spot, I'd tell you to come first. But they tell me never to do that in a church. Well, when you start asking visitors to come up front first, then they get nervous and they won't come back. So we're not going to do that. You just fill in with the crowds. But we want you to have communion. A closed communion, it, it kind of sounds standoffish. It's really not. And I've been to churches that practice closed communion. They believe this. They simply believe that it's for members of good standing in, in their church. And that's okay. I, I don't have an issue. with I do personally have an issue with that. Uh, but, but you, you know, if that's a church you grew up in, listen, that's okay. I don't know where that would come from because every model I see in here says, like believers coming together, fellowshipping. That's, the, that's what I believe and that's what I like. But, but there, are, there are institutions that say, we think it's just for our members who are in good standing. And I guess they can tell if you're in good standing. I love that one. They got more time on their hands than I do. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're in good standing. You, you, you go back, you sit down. You are not in good standing. I'm kidding. I shouldn't be doing that. So open, open, and close. We just practice open communion now. If you're here today, I'm telling you, we're excited. If you have a relationship with Christ, we want you to come up and share in these elements in a few minutes, and I'll I'll give you some specifics on how we're going to do that. But that's 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 kind of that. Another question. This is multiple questions. These are the ones I really really like. Is is I hear this all the time. Uh, Who can serve it? Where can it be served? And when can it be served? Who can serve? I'm, y'all are looking at me funny? I'm telling you, I've heard this all my life. Who can serve it? Where can it be served, and when can it be served? Well, let, let me let me give you a good example. When I was in seminary, talking about who can serve, I was in seminary. wasn't through yet. So one of them told me, "When you become a real preacher," I, I I don't see much seminary in the Bible, but anyway, I went to seminary. Matt went to seminary, but but they told me I couldn't serve communion because I hadn't finished seminary. I, that's fine if that's what you want to believe. That's fine. There's no biblical model for that. I don't see it. Now, somebody's going to come up and say, well, what about that? I don't see it. But, but that's okay. If they, I, and I had no problem with that. But, but if we've, I've got a group of like believers together. Whether I'm a pastor, I don't know what differentiates me and you. I mean, I, <laughs> Jesus' blood was on both of us. I, it that wasn't on me as a pastor this way and on you as this way. It just didn't work that way. So I'm kind of tipping my hand. But I, So I, who do I think can serve? Commun- First of all, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of clear instructions on this. Now, he gives us some real clear instructions, and we'll get to that in a minute. But on who, when, and where, I don't, I don't see a lot. But So who? So I believe this. If you have a relationship with Christ, you can take communion. I believe this. If you have a relationship with Christ and you want to serve it, I think you can serve it. You know what I think an amazing model is? Uh, one of the, the most intimate communions I've ever taken was with like five people. And I don't know what's wrong. Maybe somebody, maybe Matt might come up afterwards, and if he does, I'll back off, and I'm being serious. I think you ought to practice communion with your family. I, do. I think you were to sit down with your family and say, Guys, tonight, we're going to pray. I mean, come on. Isn't that we want to live this life for Christ? Why wouldn't we sit down with our family and say, Let's break bread tonight. Let's go through. We, let's recognize the fact that Christ died for us. I wasn't planning on preaching. I was just going to teach today, but that's a little preaching there. I mean, we've we, we got all these problems in our family. Why don't we institute what Christ told us to do? He said, Do this in remembrance of me. Well, who better to remember it with than our own families as they fall apart? Why wouldn't we do that? So anyway, who, who can serve communion? I, I think it's, if you have a relationship with Christ, you, you're, you're qualified to serve communion. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. And I'll, if somebody can convince me otherwise, I'll stand up here and say, Guys, I think I was wrong on that one. Because guess what? I've been wrong a lot in my life. But on this one, I just I don't see clear instructions, so I, I think it's okay uh, as who, who can serve it. Where, where can it be served? Where can it be served? I think there's a little confusion on this one. In my world, there's, there's a little confusion. I've heard this occasionally. It should only be served in the the sanctity of the church in the building. Well, that goes back to my problem with the the word church, which is is really a gross misinterpretation. Because what they're saying is it's got to be served in the building. Well, that's not what a church is. A church is an assembly of like believers, of people coming together in the name of Jesus. I don't care what your building looks like. Coolest communion, another cool one was, was, was sitting in the mountains with a group of like believers by a waterfall. That was awesome. So where can it be served? I'm going to go out and let limb and say anywhere believers come together. In your dining room, in your backyard. Uh, Tammy and I served communion years ago. We had a house with a swimming pool. Don't tell anybody we had communion by the swimming pool. Don't tell anybody we baptized somebody in the swimming pool. Pretty crazy. I mean, that's kind of seems what the Bible teaches. So, so where I think anywhere believers come together, we should stand up and we should serve, be willing to have communion together. I'm just giving you some thoughts on this because these, these are questions that I get and, and we don't, don't talk about it a lot. So I just want to share with you. So, again, if you have different views of it, that's okay. If you think it should be done in, in a building, that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going to argue with you. This isn't about making points. I just want you to know how we feel about communion. We think it's an amazing celebration when believers come together. And I really don't care if this roof is over us or not. I just like the fact that we can come together and we can remember him. When should it be served? When should it be served? I'm one of these guys. I, I don't do it on a regular. We're going to do it every other week or every quarter. There is nothing wrong with that. And somebody kind of called me and made a good point about that. I, we announced it last week. In the past, I said, I just we do communion kind of when God moves me. But the problem with that is some of you would like to serve, be a part of communion because you don't know when. You may miss that Sunday. So I'm going to start giving you some heads up on when we're going to serve communion. But, but when can it be served? I think it can be served at any point. What I don't like, and I've seen this, and this again, this is just me. I'm giving you this. is one. This is very debatable. I don't like it when it becomes so routine that it just becomes that. It just becomes routine. It just becomes, okay, let's do communion today. I'll tell you how bad it was. I was, I was somewhere. They started timing it. We've got to get it down to 13 minutes. We've got to get them out of here. Let, let me tell you, if that's the heart you're taking communion with today, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you, listen, now understand. Hear me on this real close. There may be there, and we'll give you an opportunity if you've got somewhere to be that if you need to excuse yourself, well, I completely understand that. But if you're taking communion and your biggest thought is I've got to get to the, the restaurant and get in front of the crowd, you're taking it with the wrong heart. You're taking it with the wrong heart. And that's, that's kind of some of the instructions we do get, some of the real clear instructions. But, but so I struggle with that. I just don't ever want it to become so routine that it completely loses the, the intimacy of what we're about to do. And, and I know you can do that. There's people say, well, our church does it, or we did it that way. And I get that. I get that. And, and if you could do it, that's awesome. It's just a risk I'm not worth taking. So we're never going to, I don't think we're ever going to say we're going to do communion every fourth Sunday or every, so Matt may have a different idea. And listen, I, I'll honor this man. If he says, Mark, I think we should, then we're going to sit down and talk about it. Because God's moving him the same as he is me, and that's to try to grow a body of believers together. But I just, I just think, for, for me, it makes more sense to, to not get in that. It becomes stagnant. I mean, I've been, I'm telling you, this broke my heart. I sat there, and I was kind of a part of this. And they're going, okay, if we put more servers, we can get out quicker. Yeah, you need to stop and think about that a moment. Christ died for me on the cross. He hung on the cross, and I'm more worried about how quick I can get out when he says, do this in remembrance of me, and the restaurant you're going to is not the next sentence. So that, that's kind of that's where I, I come off on that. Uh, a lot of, lot, of, lot of different ways we can look at it. Uh, there's, there's different things we believe about the elements. Um, I, I don't even know how to talk about it. I mean, I, I'll go ahead and tell you. People say, well, is it, is it juice or is it wine? I'm not telling. <laughs> ours is juice. Ours is juice. Let me tell you why ours is juice. Matt, Matt, now, we hadn't even talked about it. I'll tell you why ours is juice. I'll tell you why it's always going to be juice. Because we've got young children that are going to take communion. They're not old enough to drink wine. I'll tell you another reason we're going to do juice. There might be somebody sitting in this room that has a problem with alcohol. So we're not going to serve alcohol. If you want to have a drink of alcohol, I don't really care. My Baptist, I grew up Baptist. My Baptist buddies say, well, the, the wine, the, the, the stuff wasn't fermented. Then, then why did Noah get drunk? I mean, I, I don't know. You can, you can wrestle with that. But listen, I, this is juice, I promise you. I, I would say it's Welch's, but it's not, I don't think. I think it's another brand. I'm going to guess you don't care. But, you know, look. Just, I'm just being honest with you, but we're going to get real serious in a minute. But does it, does it, is it wine or is it juice? Ours is juice. Uh, the bread, I will tell you something pretty cool about this bread. I don't know about you guys. If you've had communion, this is unleavened bread. I'll go ahead and take my wife. My wife makes this for communion. It's awesome. I'm trying to get her to make me a pie with it. I'm telling you, you this stuff is good. Don't don't think about that when you're taking communion today. But I'm telling you, the scraps are at home, the holy scraps. I've had that debate, too. I I, I had a debate with a gentleman years ago. The kids wanted the juice that was left. He said, that's holy. I said, no, it's Welch's. I saw the bottle. Well, I mean, come on, guys, let's be real. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, when it comes time, we're going to get real serious. We will. But but right now, I'm just talking about kind of how we see this. But, you know, another, I'll tell you something that is really interesting to me. Again, depending on the churches you grew up in, and I'm not here to debate this one at all. I have no, I have my opinions. Uh, there's, a, there's a neat term that a lot of churches believe. Uh, when, when we talk about the elements, so they would be more they would be more sensitive to what I was just talking about, but they consider the elements they think they talk about transubstantiation and, and that 's a big church word and, it's, and oh, I mean trans means to change, substantiate means substance but but what they would believe is that once we consecrate these elements that that, that this 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 juice is now the blood of Jesus, and that bread is now really the body now. It, 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 it's, it, you got to be careful there. Listen, even when they do it, and they, this is, I'm telling you, this is just pretty cool. I, just, I, I tend not to go along with it, but I, it's pretty cool. Is that this, this juice, while it still tastes like juice and still smells like juice, the essence is it now becomes the blood of Jesus. And the bread, while it still looks like bread and still tastes like bread, it becomes the essence of Jesus. The, the trans, the change to, the substance, and, and it's not the form or the look, but the, the essence of it, it becomes Jesus. Now, so they believe every time, there are groups who would believe every time you take communion that the elements become the body and the blood of Jesus. I I struggle with that. This is just me. I'm just, and you can look this up. If you go to Romans 6, it said Christ only died once and he rose from the dead. So I struggle with that. But listen, if that's what you've been brought up to believe, then listen, I'm not going to argue with you. And if you're right, good, and if you're wrong, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on any of us, vice versa. But that's just pretty neat. I believe... That the, these these elements, this juice, is is symbolic, is symbolic of Jesus. The, the symbolic of the blood, symbolic of of the body, and we're going to take them. And he said, and here's where he gets real specific. He said, "Do this in remembrance of me." So it, the answer to all of these questions is: are, are we doing it? Are we stopping? Is our mind clear? Are we doing it in remembrance of Him, and what He's done for you and I? That that's the part where the where we got to kind of draw some clarity in. So. Just think about that. If, if you want to talk about some of the nuances of it, that's okay. That's okay. I don't, I don't get so caught up in it anymore uh, because I just think, I just think we've kind of lost focus when we do that because I think what's important is, 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 again, he does give us some real clear instructions, and he talks about coming to the communion table with the right heart with the with the right mind with the right attitude uh, clearness in in what we're thinking and why we're doing this and and that's where that's where I, I kind of think we got to get real serious about this because those are the real clear instructions he gives us. He doesn't the Bible doesn't give us a lot of clear instructions on who, doesn't give us a lot of clear instructions on when, doesn't give us a lot of clear instructions on on the bread and the wine. But Paul Paul wrote this and this this is pretty clear instructions on this. Uh, let me read this. Let me just start in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. I hadn't planned on reading this much of it, but I want to. For I received from the Lord what I also passed to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord's death until he comes. Now listen to verse twenty seven. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. There's some real specific instructions. Real specific we need to examine our hearts. We need to get past, is this or isn't it? Is this the right person? Is this the right day? The, the, the Listen, let me tell you who can serve communion. The person who has the right heart. Let me tell you who can receive communion. The person who has a relationship with Christ and who comes with the right heart. I, I say this again. I, we, we've got to be real cautious because, the, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm a pastor, and, and we got in the habit of we just rushed through communion. That's messed up. This represents Jesus Christ who died for you and I. I don't care if it is His blood or isn't His blood, and the bread is or isn't His body. It's, it's symbolic of it in my world, and in some of you, it's actually his Him. So how can we do this in any, th- any other manner other than a worthy manner? And I can't come to my Father worthy enough, except with a repenting heart, except with a heart that recognizes, hey, I'm doing this in remembrance of you, Father. I mean, we talked about that last week. What, what, what have you done for me lately? I died on the cross for you. I died on the cross for you. Can't you stop? Can't you take a moment? And can't you truly, with a repentant heart, can't you come to the table in remembrance of me? And it gets real quiet. Real quiet. Can you imagine that night sitting at the table, reclined back? They had to be reclined back because if not, they'd have fallen out of their seats. Can you imagine That moment, the power of that moment. And when I'm fixing to betray Jesus, I can't imagine. And I have to ask myself that. Have I betrayed my Savior? Did I come with the wrong heart? Listen, and somebody's going, but I'm I'm a sinner and I'm broken. We all are sinners and brokers. Those guys were sinners and broken. But are you coming with a repentant heart? Are you coming with the the right attitude? Uh, Father, Heavenly Father, you sent your Son who died on the cross for me. And today I recognize that. I recognize this as his blood, the new covenant. I recognize this bread as his body that was given for me. Today I recognize that. Today I come solemnly and with a repentant heart to accept these elements. Isn't that amazing? So, listen, we can talk for days about the the differences of the way churches do it and denominations do it and what we think and what we believe, but the clear instructions, the clear instructions, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. So in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come up. But I would just tell you, maybe, maybe you want to stop. Listen, is this open communion? Absolutely. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you a few moments just to kind of pause. I, for me, it's just, a, it's just a matter of reflecting back. And Father, I, I have been a sinner my entire life. It's been washed away. That work was done on the cross. Today, I come with the right heart. I, I'm still broken. I'm still a sinner, but I come with the right heart. You, you, your blood has washed away the sins. You paid the price. And I come to you today receiving and acknowledging you are who you said you are. That you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. It speaks to the past, the present, and the future. He's coming again. And he says, I won't drink again until he's... He's coming again. This is such an amazing time. This is why this is so special. This is why I don't ever want to take it for granted and just cram it in and say, hey, we're going to do it every fourth Sunday or every second Sunday. I want it to be special. I want you to have a moment to just stop and reflect, and think about it before you come. Before we get to that point, though, we, there's a couple of things we need to do. Is is and because we believe. Listen, I'm 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 encouraging you. I don't think I've ever said this before. Go home and have communion with your family. But right now, if you have a child back in the classroom, I would ask you just slip out and go get your kids and bring them in. We're going to pause for a few moments. Before you do that, give, give me just a second now before you do that. Uh, while they're gone and when they come back, we're going to take a few minutes, guys. I just want you to pause. Just bow your heads. Just pray together. I mean, just pray silently. Just think about your, you know, where you're at and what your relationship with Christ is. Just just take a moment and spend with Him. I would also tell you this. If, you, if your schedule pushes you, because it's going to be probably a few minutes late, if you need to slip out the back, slip out the back. We don't care. We don't care. Well, I wish you could be here, but we understand that, that people have schedules they have to keep. But then when you come back in, we'll give you some instructions. The, the, the servers will come up, and we'll, we'll partake of communion. So right now, I would just ask you, if you need to go get your children, uh, just slip back, get your children. I'm going to pray, and then in just a few moments, we'll get started. So, Father, thank you that we can come together today. Thank you that we, we get to observe this ordinance, and we do it in remembrance of you, Father. Just be with us. This is an amazing day. It's, it's so amazing when we can come together in the name of Jesus and we can celebrate what you've done for us, the work that was done. It, it's, it's just it's so powerful. It's such a special moment. So I just pray now, Father, that as we sit here quietly, as the music plays, that we just sit here quietly, that we can just reflect and that we can, we can, we can open our hearts to you so that we can come, so that we can come with the right heart, the right attitude, a, a, an attitude of repentance and an attitude of, of understanding lordship that you, you are our Lord, you are our Savior, you are our King. To clear our hearts, clear our minds, just prepare us, just prepare us for this moment as we prepare to come together and worship you, Father.